Welcome back to another episode of The Authors Unite Show. Here's your host, Tyler Wagner. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Authors Unite Show. Today, I got Matt Zinman with us. So welcome to the show, man. Tyler, it's great to be with you. Yes, you too. It's pretty cool too. We're only like 20 minutes from each other. <laughs> I know, right? One of these days we'll be able to, they'll let us out so we can actually, you know, grab drink of some sort. We're in the yellow phase. So. <laughs> yellow, right, exactly. So uh, to, to start, can you tell us a little bit more about you and what you do? Yeah, thanks. Well, uh, my, my day job is I, I run a nonprofit I founded called the Internship Institute. And uh, that's mainly to work with employers to help them uh, set up internship programs and uh, improve the ones that could be better, which are most. Mm. And, and uh, we work mostly with small companies like solopreneurs like yourself, uh, up to uh, like 100 people. Sometimes we'll do big companies. And then naturally, I'm, I'm really uh, busy now with the publishing of the book, uh, Zism's Insights to Live By. It came out the end of March and uh, working on the audio book right now. And I'm actually coming up with a podcast myself. I'm going to launch next month. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more, like what's the book about? So it's a personal development book and it really focuses on areas around self-discovery and mindset. And then it also gets into personal interactions and relationships. And then it gets into uh, things like heightening mindfulness, uh, the, the law of attraction. Um, how do you put things into uh, action with that as an entrepreneur, which I've been since uh, 2002. And then I really wanted to make it actionable. So it's about life enrichment and then it reflects on the book and there's this life enrichment action plan. It's this 90 day uh, framework that anyone either just getting into personal development can follow or somebody is looking for a tune up with some new ideas or just you know do things a la carte. Got it. So let's go back a bit. When um... So obviously before the book and before you were personally developed, let's say, obviously that's an ongoing thing, but like, what were you like when you were younger? Like, did you envision yourself writing this book or, or was it like something that you kind of stumbled upon? Right. Well, I, I have to say, I've probably been wanting to write it for at least 10 or 15 years. And there are a number of concepts uh, in the book that took some hard living <laughs> to, uh, to say, well, you know, these are some things I really want to share. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you know, I'll, I'll bring that up when the time comes. And I, I got to the point, you know, part of the book is also about defining your why. And one of the questions is, well, what would I regret not doing? And so the, the, the idea of the book that's just been hanging out there uh, certainly rose to the top in this past year. I, I had the opportunity to put my head down and, uh, you know, got a good chunk of it down in, in really just a few days. But then, you know, it took a year <laughs> after yeah. that. Um, as I'm sure you, you know, that process. Oh yeah. So, so yeah, tell us about that. So did you do like, was it a morning ritual or was it like within that year you just had like maybe a couple weeks where like really all the inspiration just poured out of you and you were able to finish the full rough draft or what was that whole process like? Yeah. You know, I really never had a ritual around it. It was just uh, one of those things like there's just no other way, but through. So every time I, uh, every time I had the, the chance and, and that inspiration, more from an, also an energy standpoint that I was in the frame, you know, the headspace to write, I, yeah. I would just, you know, I, I manage my energy in that way. Like when I can't think, I do laundry. 
<laughs> or <you> know, <laughs> work out or something. So that's just something I've gotten. Uh, you know, I started my first company in 2002. So, you know, my, my work and personal life intertwine in that way. And that's just my work style. Yeah, no, so now have you found, so I guess the laundry or working out, that's what it was for me is like every morning I'll go for a run. And if I skip the run, my mind just isn't right. So, and I, when I was writing my book, that was essential because it actually, there was something about it. Like after the run, I guess it's the endorphins and all that. You're able to obviously you shower and all that. But then when you sit down, it's like, you're good. Like your, your mind is at ease. And then I could get into that writer's flow. Got it. I thought the rumor was that your mind was really never quite right. <laughs> yeah, well, those are for the people that really know me. <laughs> Which is now everybody listening. <laughs> exactly. So, um, okay, I got you. Now, the first company that you said you started in 2002, what was that company? Well, I started in the field of marketing communication. So I was working for uh, advertising, public relations, branding agencies, uh, the first part of my career. And then I, two things happened then. One is, uh, well, the company was called Z Communication Inc. And uh, it was my own marketing firm. I run it very much the same way as you do your, your current company. It was the work that I do. And then I farm out the work that was either beyond the time that I had or the expertise uh, that I, I thought was better, you know, better for others to do and, and pull, put teams together in, in that way. So very similar. And then I also became a single dad back then. So I needed the flexibility to be able to you know, be with my son half the time and, and work on the company half the time. Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a good lesson in there. Cause I remember when I was younger, I've always been like a people person and I never knew how to like monetize it. And then what I discovered is I was like, you know, there's a lot of people that don't actually like talking to other people. Like there's, there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> so if, <laughs> if you Millennials. Are, yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, all I've kind of really done, I, I think it's kind of the same with your company in 2002 is like, I connect with like 30 to 50 new people every week. That, that's like one of my habits, I guess you could say. And then how I kind of build Authors Unite was just trying to bring the best of the best from like PR, book launches, book, to, you know, all of it under one roof. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it saves people a lot of time of searching, talking, you know, maybe hiring somebody that's not like, it's all vetted and trusted. So um, if you are somebody out there that likes to talk to people a lot, there are ways to monetize it. And maybe you do something like me and Matt did. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's a great model. Absolutely. Yeah. Just for, you know, and this time there's a lot of people considering, you know, with the job market and, and COVID, you know, there's the opportunity here to, to make a pivot. And, yeah. and to pursue things like that. And that could be writing a book, as I'm sure a lot of your audience are, are, are looking at right now with some of that time and space, uh, or, you know, starting up a company. Yeah. So um, uh, to go a little bit deeper into the book, I guess, what's your, do you have a favorite chapter from the book? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I, I have a couple favorite chapters, uh, but, you know, one is the, a cautionary chapter called Be Aware of Spiders. And okay. I it, liked it. <laughs> it's kind of like, a, you know, the books, part of the book influences like a Malcolm Gladwell when you're talking about a this or that and doing thin slicing, like from his yeah. book Blink. And so this is one of those things where we all have so many moving parts in, in our life, both about ourselves and our interactions. And where is it that you can stop and, and really look at things as black or white? And so this is about the fact there are really only two kinds of people in the world. There are spiders and there are people who get caught in webs. And what we're talking about 
are people who are manipulative and mm -hmm. that 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 is really something that is a conscious decision you're you're imposing your will uh, on on others to you know to bend in, in whatever way you know that you know you're you're being um you know, there's a deviousness to it as yeah. opposed to the rest of us and i do believe that that spiders are a minority and doesn't necessarily make them terrible people either it depends on the circumstances but they have the you either will or won't do that and then the rest of us are uh, you know, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I trust everyone. I, I look at the good in others. I'm willing to be vulnerable uh, to be burned uh, so that, you know, I'd rather just be oblivious than be on my guard all the time, you know, that kind of thing. So that chapter really speaks to some of that hard living and gets into some of the practical side of, well, how do you avoid those webs and, uh, you know, different anecdotes throughout. I mean, I, the book is written like I'm having a personal conversation with the reader. So there are a number of different disclosures throughout. So I, I do certainly uh, bring up some, uh, some relevant stories in that chapter. And then uh, the other one that, that's really the one cautionary chapter. I hear a lot about it. Yeah. And then the other one is um, in the heightening mindfulness section is um, making coincidences matter. I like, I've, uh, I've always had a thing about coincidences and looking at them as opportunities and sharing some of the ones I've experienced and what they've led to. Uh, that's definitely uh, part of the equation. So what are some of those stories? I want to dive deeper into those. Like, I guess, um, you know, without naming names, I suppose, but have you yourself gotten caught in some webs? I think we all get caught in webs at one point or another. Um, <laughs> some of those stories. Um, wow. Well, a recent one is uh, I, I live in a new uh, development. And it's uh, an H a homeowners association, an HOA, and there, I I decided to volunteer with the new development to to be president, mm -hmm. and I, you know, that's kind of a thankless job. Anytime anybody's volunteering for anything, but you know, working with all the, you know, growing pains literally of the neighborhood, uh, and you know, I knew that I was on top of everything with the other board members, but you know, unbeknownst to me, there was, there was unrest, you know, people are people, they just decide to complain. And, yeah. you know, my, my, uh, my philosophy is, well, hey, I'm volunteering to have everything under control so that everyone can go live their lives. But, you know, they were just too busy complaining to, uh, to, you know, lift a finger. And, you know, the lesson from that really is, I think that people need to lift a finger before they point one. Oh, I love that. That's awesome, man. I haven't heard it said like that. That's a tweet. That, got, that, yeah. No, you can't tweet that. That's original. That's in the book. That's, that's my tweet, man. <laughs> okay. Um, so one of the other, well, it's your first chapter. It's called Earned Confidence. It's a pretty intriguing title. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, you know, that's really at the, uh, at the foundation of the book. And, and one chapter does build on the other. And Earned Confidence really is talking about the fact that we've all been through what we have and our life experiences and our, our challenges, spiders and, you know, everything else. And we've made it, right? I mean, we're, we're still standing. So it's really just a reminder that we're all capable of dealing with things in real time, uh, not to be caught up in worry and anxiety and stress and things that, uh, you know, take us out of the present and are you know, wasting our energy and, 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 you know, inflict negativity on ourselves uh, as well as on others. So do you have any, um, this topic comes up actually a decent amount on the podcast. Do you have any tips 
uh, for that because there, there's a lot of people like with anxiety and um, that are not in the present moment. And I feel it's, it's, it's like, it's almost like this weird thing where it's, it's, uh, I can't even describe it, where you, not, you allow yourself, like it's not, it's nothing forceful, but you actually can just allow yourself to be in the present moment. But when you have extreme anxiety, you know, that's really difficult because you're all wrapped up in your head. So do you have any tips for that? Like yeah. whenever you're anxious? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely try and make things as practical as possible. I mean, look, there's, there's, there's worry in and into itself, which is really a habit. I mean, you know, babies aren't necessarily born worriers. And yeah. these are things that we need to, to break ourselves out of. And on the other hand, when you're talking about anxiety, that can be a, a, a factor of worry, or it could literally be a chemical imbalance that people, you know, rightfully may need some medication uh, yeah. to help them feel better. And that's just life. Uh, but when you're talking about worry and sometimes being in that habit, you can't help it. If you can't stop yourself and you get to the other side of whatever that event was that you were worried about and it never happened, uh, you have to then kind of do the 2020. You have to be like, well, what did I do to myself? And yeah. what did I do to other people? Like, you know, friends and family are there to, to lean on when it's about dealing with the real. But we also have a personal responsibility about our energy. And it's not just about ourselves and that negativity, but if we're putting people through our worries, then, you know, we're imposing that negativity on them as well. Yeah, I like that. That's interesting, too, the way you said that it's like a learned behavior. And obviously, there are the cases of like chemical uh, imbalances and stuff. But um, ultimately, you're not born with anxiety, you know, so it right. is, it's a habit so you can get out of it. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, I, yeah. I do want to say one other thing about, about that uh, from to your question being practical and um, some of the things that people struggle with. And, and certainly earn confidence and, and staying in the present. Uh, and, and that is really around gratitude. And the, you know, that folds back from the law of attraction later in the book. And I think everyone's familiar with the, with the value of gratitude and keeping us in the present and ex experiencing the, the joy and enrichment in life. Uh, it, it also relates to the fact that, you know, all of us kind of strive for um, our self-esteem, our self-love, um, a lot of people have a challenge with that, but the, the, the greater challenge is that it's very elusive. It's kind of this, like, how do you get your arms around that? What do you have to do to like reach that Holy grail kind of thing? And the practical side of that in the earned confidence chapter really speaks to kindness and the, the thought of, well, why be anything less than kind to yourself? And the, the reason why this is so relevant is because it's another one of those things that is a this or that it's a barometer for you so that if you're in a situation where you're not sure how to, you know, what, you know, what, what, which side of it is it, you know, are you being kind to yourself or are you not? So yeah. um, if you go back to the spider chapter, which is actually chapter two, right after that, and you say, well, if you're somebody who has a hard time saying no, you're like, you know, I really need to say no more often. <laughs> yeah. um, you're somebody who typically might fall prey to someone taking advantage of you. But when you're in that moment and the, the question is, well, should I say no? The, you then ask, well, would it be kind to myself if I, if I didn't say no? Or, you know, the opposite's true. Because if you, if you don't say no, 
you really take a hit on your self-esteem because now you have to do that thing that you should have said no to. And it's like that double, you know, it, it really just uh, spirals in and unto itself. So I'd say being kind to yourself as a barometer is probably one of the most practical things that I speak to in the book. Yeah, I love that because that it's something I still struggle with. I think it's just like in my nature, like I, I like kind of being like a, a pleaser in the moment. Cause I, I just want the person on the other end to be like good. Like I want them to be happy. So I'm like, cause I don't know, I'm, I'm happy. So I'm like, but yeah, then, yeah what can happen though is, and I, I'll, I'll catch myself actually in the act and then I'll like say no, but I think that can cause a lot of anxiety cause you will literally, if you're that type of person, you will say yes to literally everything. And then eventually, you know, it's got to tumble down because you're saying yes to everyone. And really when you say yes to everyone outside, you're saying no to yourself, um, you know, and you just gotta be careful with that. I think there, I think there's a lot of people like that actually. I yeah. Know. I mean, look, it's just, it's part of growth and uh, yeah. you know, self-respect is, is really all at that foundation. So these are common things that we uh, you know, we, we weave in throughout. Do you have any like tip on, and I, I know it's every uh, situation is different, but I feel the reason kind of is too, is it's, it's almost like a weird thing to say now, you know, like if somebody comes up to you, they're all excited with this big plan and idea and they want you to be involved. And then you're like, you don't want to be mean, but you also just don't want to do it. Like, do you have any kind of tip on that? Yeah. Well, you know, in any given situation, it, you know, I think you start with an affirmative and you say, wow, that, you know, that sounds like a great idea or, you know, that seems really important to you or that, you know, I think you should do that. But then you have to come back to valuing yourself and, and, and communicate your own priorities, you know, but I'm really trying to write this book right now. And I, I'm really dedicating all of my time to that. I wish I could help you, but uh, you know, the book is first priority. And, and then you could, you put it to the object. You say the book is for, is, is, is my priority as opposed, and instead of making it personal. And I think it really levels it out um, in, in terms of not having any conflict and then, or then make it, and then in closure, you could give them an idea, you know, have you thought about asking so-and-so have you thought about, you know, whatever, you know, doing yeah. this on the internet, you know, calling Tyler Wagner, cause you do it all. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Cause it is, it's kind of like awkward, like without the affirmative in the beginning, it's just like, no. <laughs> right. I think that, I think that all of your listeners should just take note that when they're ready to say no, just say, I really think you should call Tyler Wagner on this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's ask that. We'll clip that too. That's good. All right. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, cool. So then now the book, so you have the book and you're focusing on marketing the book right now. What is kind of the next steps? Like where do you see, what's the full vision of this? Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, with running the nonprofit and then ultimately deciding to write the book, I don't run a coaching business. Uh, the, the book is not, uh, you know, with all due respect to people who and why they write books, it's not one of those, it's not a business card. Yeah. It's something that I wrote that I really want to get into the hands of as many people as possible for that positive impact and the kinds of topics that we're talking about. I think you're already hearing some of these life experiences and things I felt compelled to share. And I think we all know uh, marketing a book is not easy. In fact, writing the book feels like the easy part right now. Yeah. So, so not to be discouraging, but you know, you just kind of have to find your way and it does take time. And the advice that I'm getting around it is exactly that. It's it just, it's a slow build. It's, it's very unusual, especially, you know, self-published or even otherwise to be able to come out of the gate and just 
you know, blow the doors off uh, a book and, you know, unless you're somebody with, you know, major publicity and, uh, and, you know, getting an advance. So that's not the majority of us. And so part of it is, well, what do I want to do and where is this going to go? So the podcast, for example, is something that just came up. It happened through a coincidence uh, in terms of the idea and then deciding to follow through on it. And I think, in my view, the podcast for me is going to be at the epicenter of what I'm trying to achieve, which is not just book sales. I'm also looking to get into uh, inspirational speaking and, and things that reach the masses. And I just stated more of an objective instead of just positively impacting people. I want to personally enrich at least 100 million people by 2025. Awesome. Yeah. See, this is full impact. I love it. Um, I got you. Now, I guess, what is your, what is your plan being, you know, that it is self-published, didn't get in advance, right? And all that. So like, are you, you're doing podcasts and like, what other stuff are you doing to kind of promote it? And just before you answer that, the way that I see book marketing is ultimately you just want to get the book in as many people's hands as possible. And then what can happen is if, if it really, um, how do you say, if it really flows well with each reader or the, the people really like it, then word of mouth takes over because it, pretty much almost every book I've ever bought is because somebody told me that it like changed their life or like something about it really helped their business or what it, personal development, whatever it might be. And right. then I bought it. Right. So I think it's, so then that would mean the goal is just get it in as many people's hands as possible and then kind of let, you know, the market decide if it's going to go viral or not, you know? Right. No, that's great experience uh, behind that advice. And I, uh, I'm definitely working on that. I probably could be doing a better job at getting it in more people's hands. Um, I have sent it to some media. I've gotten about, you know, a little bit over 20 reviews so yeah. far. I want to, I want to build those up. I know reviews are, are really big, but from a, from an overall marketing standpoint, it, the, the podcast is part of it. I'm really trying to step up my game with social media, and that's yeah. just about to start. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to expand my comfort zone around doing video, which uh, I like yeah. doing on Zoom. I like doing webinars and things. I do that a lot for uh, my, uh, my education work, but stand in front of my iPhone and talk to the dot and you know, get that right, that's, that's something yeah. I'm really working on, right? Just we're all a work in progress. Oh yeah, no. That I I always end up looking at myself, <laughs> right? And it's not because I'm like conceited, but just because it's so it's hard to look at the red dot when you see yourself right below it, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, I'd say that social media, doing podcasting, which I love. I, I mean, you know, book aside, and I, I know revenue would be really nice, but just to have the opportunity to be here with you and others, yeah. and and talking to audiences that's really, uh, has really, uh, you know, maybe like at the happiest of my life right now, quite honestly. Yeah, no, I, dude, the podcast is such a, like, obviously the podcast does help my business, but it is, um, it is really more a passion project. Like I, I could sit and I do it pretty much every Monday and just interview people all day. Like, I love doing this. This is just like having a coffee, you know, having a chat. <laughs> like this, right. this for work. I don't know, but um, well, I think that, um, you know, the other point to your, to your last question is, well, you never really know with the book how it's going to be received. And for me, I, I read a lot of personal development books in my you know, 20s and early 30s. I'm, I'm in my 50s now, but I haven't really read any, quite honestly, in some years. And so I wrote this in a vacuum. 
in just the bubble, which was good in a way because I didn't have anything to compare it to. But then you also don't know, well, how is this going to fly? And the reviews have been very kind. And, uh, and so, you know, gaining the confidence since the book is out that it, it does hold its own. I think you'll agree on the marketing side. If you don't have a product that's going to create that word of mouth, there's not any amount of marketing in the world that's going to get you that traction. So yeah. fortunately, I, I feel that the book does hit that standard. I certainly gave it my best shot and uh, I'm really proud of it. I'm proud of it and not just in accomplishing it, but the, the great feedback that I'm, that I'm getting back. Yeah, and I think that's so important. Like, and what I mean by that is that you have to, the whole concept even of just writing a book as a business card, I, I actually personally don't like it. Um, because I think it takes away, like if you want to write a book that's for your business, that's fine, but you should still put everything you have into it. So, you know, and I feel like that whole business cards thing is like, well, you just need to become an author as quickly as possible. And it's like, well, no, not necessarily. What you need to do is just write an amazing book. And if it's meant to funnel people into your business, that's fine. That like, that's a great strategy but make the book really good. Don't just like, don't write a book just to become an author. Like, I don't think you should. Do right. That. Right. Uh, and a lot of people just write the book to get the ISBN number and then give it away. Never. Yeah. Sell. Yeah. And, well, so. and it's, it's kind of just the way the market's kind of gone. It's like write your book in three days. It's like, well, right. I mean, you could, but it probably won't be that good. Um, so question for you, cause I want to dive deeper into the, the podcast strategy. Sure. Um, cause I remember us talking about that. So if you want to share more about it and then, cause it's pretty much the same as Gary Vaynerchuk shared. I don't know if you ever saw that share of his, but if you want to kind of tell your strategy of why the podcast, besides the fact that it's obviously going to be a you know, fun time for you. No, it's interesting. I mean, I know who Gary V is. I don't quite follow him. I'd be interested to know, uh, yeah. you know, that, ex that exact uh, part. Well, it's all taking shape. I mean, um, it's only in recent weeks that I made the decision. I'm going to launch it in July. Um, okay. and it, from a branding standpoint and just from a concept standpoint, it, it has to be aligned with the book. So, you know, Zism's insights to live by and the things that you're already hearing, you know, people say, well, what's a Zism? And the answer is, well, it's those things that we learn through life that we have as guiding principles or pearls of wisdom and to, to a degree that we share with others. You know, what's that advice you're always giving people that you, that you live by? And so, uh, you know, my book's not necessarily, it's not quips and things like you might think isms. It's a full-fledged book, but everybody has those. And so the idea is I don't want it to just to be about me. I'm looking to the podcast to kind of turn things around and interview people about their insights to live by. So that is the name of the podcast and it'll be short form about 30 minutes and we'll bring people on and get to know them a bit and then you know, dive into, you know, one or two of those kinds of things. Uh, and, uh, you know, they don't have to be original, but it, it would be more about the conversation about, well, why are, are those the, the guiding principles and, and insights that, uh, you know, that you live by. And it, the nice thing, it could be anybody. Um, yeah. And so that way I can promote the podcast in concert with the book and keep it really tight and do posts that are aligned with everything. And uh, it's really coming together. So, yeah. so here I'll share the Gary V um, kind of strategy and it's, sure. it, it's kind of what I did kind of unknowingly because I heard about the strategy actually after I started my podcast, but essentially you know, whether you have a budget or not, I think a podcast, if you like talking to people, I think you should have one. I mean, it's, it's never been a better time, but regardless, say you are on like a low budget for your uh, book, 
a podcast is amazing because it's, it's, I mean, it takes you time, but it's, it's free. You can use a site called anchor.fm. Uh, whole thing's free to distribute Spotify, you know, Google Play, iTunes, all of it. And it's kind of like creating a triple win. So if you interview, say you interview somebody who has an audience that would also be good for your, um, your products and services, then you can interview them and you'll share the interview to your audience. So they're, you know, they're getting value on getting in front of uh, your audience, but then you're also getting value because you're getting in front of every person's audience that you interview, as long as they share. And most people do share their interviews. So it's like, you know, and then obviously the triple part, the triple win is then the audience also gets to hear the conversation and learn from it. So, you know, and it's, it's free. So just imagine if you interviewed somebody that has like a hundred thousand followers, right? And people, because people love to be interviewed. So let's just say your show's just starting out. There's like no subscribers. Like I'm sure you could still get somebody that has a hundred thousand followers to uh, come on your show. And then they share it with their audience. Like your subscribers could, you know, grow to a thousand with like one post. Right. You know, so it's just like leveraging each thing. And I, I feel like a lot of new entrepreneurs, a podcast is a great kind of gateway just into the networking, like, and then you build your own audience, you know, like I had a few like pretty big hitters on the show and they shared it. And then my audience grew. And now it's like, it's just, you know, everybody I interview, my podcast becomes more valuable. So kind of like, if you think Joe Rogan, like that's what Joe Rogan does. Like he interviews the biggest kind of like people out there and then they all share their podcasts and now his audience is bigger than like all of his guests you know right so, yeah i aspire i'm not sure i'll be a joe rogan but i think it's yeah, the right no, well, it's the right direction to head for sure no and, and i definitely had yeah. everything that you just described is what i've had in mind and now it's that guest strategy for sure i mean the nice thing with the insights to live by is that again everybody has them so having a diverse range of of different kinds, you know, different kinds of guests to come on um, is, yeah. is really what I have in mind. But their social media following is certainly a, a factor to keep in mind for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so cool, man. Well, I guess, so after, let's say that, so you said by 2025, a hundred million lives impacted. Yeah. All right. I got it right. So then what about after that? <laughs> or is that when you retire? No, there's no retirement for me. No, okay. right. no, it is, it is a passion project and, you know, I thought about it and with social media and that exponential, it's, it's, well, if I can do 10, I can do a hundred. And yeah. uh, right now what I'm trying to figure out, well, how am I going to count? So that's uh you know, count yeah. the impact. How many listeners do you have, Tyler? We'll just kind of like check that off the list, you know, so we're, we're yeah. down from that hundred <laughs> yeah. million. However many people hear this. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so that's a really good question. I, I hadn't really thought uh, things are letting, I'm letting things unfold to a degree. Sometimes I, you know, design life and sometimes I, I, I let it unfold as well. The podcast idea is certainly one of those. I got the book done. I'm still trying to find my way. I'm on that learning curve. Um, certainly learned a number of things from you, uh, prior to, uh, to the podcast here. Um, and so thank you. And, um, and, and it's just a constant, uh, it's just a constant pursuit. So, but if, if you, if you, I believe that you have to set an objective goal. It can't be, I just want to positively impact people. I, I really thought it was important to say this many by when. Yeah, no, I think that's important. It kind of goes, have you ever heard of smart goals? Smart goals? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for, yeah. Yeah. Spot on. 
So tell me a little bit more about the retirement because I think we're on the same page. You're like, I, I don't know if I ever plan on retiring. I think if I ever did, I, would, I don't know what I would really do. I think I would kind of maybe spiral into some not good things in all honesty. <laughs> so I think I mean, work is, is a healthy thing. Right. Well, retirement, I mean, these days, I think it's kind of, it's not a black or white thing anymore. And I, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm grateful to say that, you know, my wife and I have another business uh, and, you know, that that's, uh, you know, helping to pay the bills and, and does provide the freedom, which is a, a real, you know, after health and, and uh, you know, my family doing well. I mean, freedom is just number one for me. Yeah. Uh, so what does retirement look like? Well, at, at, at some point, maybe someone will want me to come and do some, some paid speaking and you can, you know, make those decisions about what you do and where you go, uh, or, or not. Yeah. And, and so, and, and then vacation the rest of the time, that would be nice. So we'll call it semi-retirement. How's that? Okay, I like it. <laughs> where's the, where's the favorite place that you vacation to? Hmm. That's another good question. Uh, well, I got, uh, we, my wife and I eloped. And so we went to Atlantis uh, with, with our, with our two kids. Um, so I have to say that. Okay. Nice. Well, <laughs> I mean, it seems like uh, Atlantis. I, I don't think I've been there, but I've seen the like commercials online. Is it kind of like a, it's kind of like a magical land, right? It's a water park for the most part, but I mean, you know, we, we kept a surprise from everybody, including the kids the night before and just the novelty of it and all the experiences that we had. And um, you know, with the four of us, uh, you know, just, we were, you know, we told them on a Friday night and then we were married on the beach five o'clock the next day there. Wow. And then, That's awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of coordination. So, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm curious on this too. So you have, you have, do you have two kids? Yeah. Yeah. My son, Jake's now 19 and, uh, Erica, my wife, uh, her daughter, Greta is 15. Gotcha. Okay. So what have you kind of, I guess, how do you balance out? Like, I, I don't have kids. Uh, yeah, I do plan on at some point. But sure. how do you, yeah, how have you balanced, like, you know, the company in 2002? I guess, you know, your son was then one year old then. Um, you, you know, the whole family and work. Like, how do you balance that? Right. Well, I have to say it was definitely an adjustment. It was, it was the right decision, uh, no doubt. And, you know, starting there, I mean, he was with me, it was very compartmentalized for me, uh, you know, half the time it's, you know, man and baby, you know, he's, he was just, he had just been to um, changing diapers, washing bottles back then. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, Erica and I were just married a few years ago. So I was a single dad for quite a few years. And, you know, when I was with Jake, I was with him. I, I, I really, he, that was something I took a lot of pride in. He always had my full attention. And then I was, you know, when I wasn't with them, it was put my head down and, and get a lot done. I was really probably not very well balanced those early years. I mean, I probably could have asked for more help. I probably should have dated a little bit more. Uh, it was, uh, but you know, it's all an adjustment. I mean, you're, that's, you know, yeah. no other way, but through it just gotcha. with anything else. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I want to kind of leave it to you. If there's anything else you'd like to share, the floor is yours. And then, um, you know, tell us where people can get the book and then also um, the website and anything else you'd like to share. Yeah, thanks. Well, I know that a number of your audience are either uh, new or aspiring authors and um, anybody who is aspiring, I'd encourage you to ask the question, uh, would I regret not doing it? 
and that'll that'll really be a good uh, indicator as to whether you're you're passionate enough uh, to to see it through. Because it's one thing to write it, and then I can tell you from the other side, it's another to keep going with it. And uh, you know, a book isn't going to sell itself. So you have to know what you're getting yourself into and be you know wide you know eyes wide open in that way. And I I do absolutely believe in self publishing. And, and not even necessarily uh, having to rely on those intermediary publishers or you, that you pay five, you know, 10 grand to or whatever to, you know, put their, uh, you know, their insignia on the spine of your book. Um, I was given some great advice to form my own publishing company so that I could retain control um, with the ISBN and the royalties down the road. Um, I don't quite yet understand fully why. But I'm, I'm passing on some, 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 I think it's really about, you know, for, for those who are really trying to, to sell a lot of books, I think that's probably an absolute. And there's still that learning curve, but there are a number of people out there, independents, that can help you for a much less amount. Because unless you're with a big publishing company who's going to put a lot of marketing behind you, and if you're somebody who can get an advance, you're golden. Other than that, you know, it's really up to the author and there's going to be a lot of money out of pocket. So that's some of the author advice that I have, you know, as far as the book goes, uh, it, I mean, just like anything you know, on Amazon, as well as on my website, it's free to read the first part. And it's, it's written to help anybody at any stage in life. There's, it's really impossible to read and not get come away all the better for it. And yeah. uh, I know that for a fact, but it's really up to someone to go in and all I can ask for is go check out the first part of the book and you'll know if you want to keep reading. Um, my, my website uh, is uh, Z uh, with a hyphen isms, Z hyphen ISMS.com. And there's other resources there. Some of my podcast interviews are on there uh, that I've done. And uh, I just really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and whoever's interested here to listen and uh, hopefully they, they found it helpful. Of course, man. That sounds good. Thanks again for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. I wish I abused you a little bit more, Tyler, but I'll try and circle back and make, <laughs> we'll make up for that. <laughs> Thanks again. The Authors Unite show is sponsored by AuthorsUnite.com. Your one-stop shop for becoming a profitable author and maximizing your impact.